here. Thanks to all those participating online. Uh, my name's Joe Crummy, and today, a bit of an unusual Palm Sunday message. However, hopefully you'll see how some things are connected. And I'm going to update us on some very practical but important things for our church family regarding our church building, our finances, and a way forward. But also, we want to take a look back and remember how God's been our provider and God's been faithful, and we're going to recount just some of the stories of how God's provided for us over the years. So first, let me just give an update on our building, and I was hoping to do this a month ago, and so for those of you who came to the Vision Evening, thank you on March 1st, and unfortunately on February 27th, we found out a whole bunch of things that kind of, I don't want to say ruined, but changed what I was going to share on March 1st, so we couldn't, and we're just thank you for your patience, but what it did do in these last four weeks, it forced us again to pray and say, God, we've had some obstacles to come up, and one of our big prayers was, is this, are you shutting a door? regarding some of our renovations and timing all that, or is it just a battle and there's obstacles and we need to persevere? And so we've been seeking God in the last few weeks for that, so thank you, and we believe God's given us some answers. So a quick review, our intent has been to renovate the second floor up here behind that wall, and some of you have seen that. Right now it's just an empty space. We're missing a wall. It's not safe. It's not functional, and we have a desire to see some of these things come about, and so we had a scope of work that we were working on and it expanded because we found out one of the biggest things is we have to change the washrooms upstairs to create more space. They're not big enough, we need more, etc. So that was added on. We've been able to, uh, with Derek White, our architect, come up with plans and folks, again, if you've ever done any renovations at your home, it's even more complicated for buildings like this. There's fire codes, there's ventilation things, there's sprinkler system, there's city codes, there's a lot of codes, all for our help. And one of our biggest delays all through this whole process is we weren't able to secure a contractor to actually do the work, even if we are allowed to do it. So it's been quite a journey. And as we all know, over the last couple of years, the prices have gone whew, through the roof just with all of the demands. So those have been some obstacles. We've been praying, seeking God, and we believe that God's saying it's not a closed door, it's some obstacles that we need to persevere in prayer. And so we believe that God's saying for us to move ahead. And I just want to flesh that out. So on good news, we have secured a contractor. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so we're officially able to say um, that is Lloyd Burns. And so Lloyd, uh, really great guy, and we're thrilled that he's accepted to take on the work, Lloyd's experience, trustworthy. And some of you might remember way back at 487 Brunswick Street in the early days, Lloyd did a lot of the work for us. So he built that deck out front and the wheelchair ramp and all those different things 20, over 20 years ago. And so we're thrilled that Lloyd's um, taken that on. And so we're looking at hopefully starting sometime in September of this year and being done hopefully in December. So let's just say for January um, 1st and we're thrilled with that. So we have three phases that quickly just want to share. Our first phase is actually going to be starting, that's going to affect this room and the second story. So we're going to be soon putting in our heating and ventilation system, which is going to provide better heat and air conditioning for this room. You can, yes, all of you who have your coats on, you can really clap on that one, all right? And at the same time, it's cheaper to do it all at once, and we were hoping to do it for this room all the way along, but we're going to do it for the second floor 
together. And that's also going to help with our ventilation, which we also know in the last couple of years has become an important part of air exchange and those sorts of things. So we're moving ahead with that sooner than later and getting that set up for upstairs. The second phase is the bigger one, obviously, and that's the new washrooms and that multi-purpose room and the sprinklers and the lighting and all the things that go with that. And that room hopefully will provide, you know, we can have small groups up to like 70, 80 people um, in that room, which will give us things for hopefully kids' church and kids' club and fuel and different things like that. And then the third phase is putting in the lift so that we have accessibility from this floor to the second floor. And so that's really important. We want that to be able to be accessible to everyone um, in our church family and from the community. So briefly, here's sir, just to put the facts out there for what we're looking at, give or take, financially for those things. For that first phase, we're estimating around $60,000 for all of that heating ventilation for both all together. We're looking at around 350000 for the upstairs, washrooms, everything-ish. We are approximate. And then probably around $60,000 for the lift to be put in, which comes to anywhere, let's just say, let's go high-end $500,000. And as we all know, you might want to tack a little bit more <laughs> on there. So currently, we have about 270000 in our capital fund. And so we've been saving up over the years and knowing that at some time we're going to need that money. And so obviously, if you do the math on that, we know this is going to stretch us because what we're looking at doing is going to be a lot more than what we have in the bank. And as elders, leaders, directors, you know, wider leadership team, we're always in that discernment. We don't want to be foolhardy. We don't want to be foolish. We don't want to be you know, just, hey, we can do whatever, and realize, you know what, this is more than we have. At the same time, you're trying to discern when's God saying step out in faith, and we believe that we need to expand. Like, we're preparing for growth. We're preparing for what God wants to do, and we want to be active in that. So we know this is going to cast ourselves on God. We know we need to expand. We also know this is a bit of an adventure, and it's on my good days, this is kind of fun and exciting, and on my bad days, this is like, oh dear, we are, we're moving ahead, and we, one of the main things for that room is obviously just trying to discern on our Sunday mornings, what do we do with our K to 5, grade 5, and right now we don't have space, and that's one of the things, that's why we're meeting tonight, 6.30 for all of our parents, and parents, if you've got some younger kids who aren't in that age group yet, this is going to affect you in the future, so you can come to that meeting as well, we just want to share, we want to dialogue, we want your feedback and input, and then we're at 7.30, we're going to pray into this together tonight as a church. And then just some facts on our finances regarding our, our regular weekly and monthly giving. As I said, there's all kinds of different ways for us to be able to give, and on the first Sunday of each month, we can give here in person through check or cash, and I'll give you some other options in a moment. But here's uh, kind of where we've been at over the last couple of years. So, and again, I'm just giving you the facts, and I'm not, it's just helpful to have the facts, and then you can discern from that where we're at. The end of December of 2020, we had in our regular account about 124,000. At the end of December of 2021, we had about 109, 
thousand at the end of December 2022. We had about 57,000. At the end of January of last of this year, we had about 45,000. And at the end of February of this year, last month, we had about 35,000. So you can determine the trajectory of that. And there's all kinds of reasons for that, legitimate reasons. We know inflation has gone through the roof, cost of living. We've had people move. We've had some people leave. So we understand there's a lot of reasons for that, and we've kind of done the forensics of that, and some things you can explain, some things you can't, but here's where we're at is, and Mark talked about this a couple of months ago, we're just urging everyone, can you just get before God and just, we're not here really to judge, we're here to help pastor and disciple, and money is a big thing. And it's a big part of our lives. And we just want to get all of us before God. God knows our hearts. So this is not a guilt or a condemnation or a, you know, command. This is a, let's just get before God. But sometimes we got to just take some sober look and say, where are we at with our, how we handle finances? And we've done a lot of talks over the years about stewardship, giving, giving to God first, being generous people, all of those different things, and we believe we're to give to the local church first. That's what we see in God's word. We're to give generously. Old Testament was 10%. We believe New Testament, covenant of grace. To be honest, we are to be even more generous than old covenant. So for Angela and I, we personally, we give over 10%. We don't say that in a bragging way. We say that in a modeling way. And we prioritize that first, and everything else comes after that. And we've done that all of our, before we were even married. So we're just saying, there's such a grace, generosity, heart, and then there's actually some practical, intentional, we can't forget to give. <laughs> and so we need to, sometimes there's some intention to that. And so depending on how you want to give, as we said, cash or check, Christ Central Church, the EFTs, are, there's forms right here at the octagon there. We can e-transfer, giving at christcentral.ca, at christcentral.ca, our website. You can give from there. We're just asking, hey, would you please take a look, and if you need to make some adjustments, by God's Holy Spirit helping you, please do. Gift day updates. We're in two weeks time, April 16th and then the 23rd. We've got two opportunities over two Sundays to give. And our gift days are above and beyond our regular giving. And the purpose is money going to help pay for our church weekend, June 16th, 17th, 18th. And the rest going to our capital fund for these said renovations. And so obviously there's a greater need now. And we're praying and we're just asking God, God, would you, what would you put on our heart for us to be able to give? Again, it's heart. Some of us are saying, you know what? I can't give very much right now. That's okay. You get before God and just see what God says and what God puts on your heart. God loves a cheerful giver. The Bible says don't give under compulsion. Give as God leads you. But my big thing is get before God and ask. That's what we want to get in that position. And the last thing on this part, I just want to say we've got some good news. Speaking of all these things, we've got some summer students. So, We've received one provincial grant, hallelujah, from the province, which is great. 
and we're waiting on the federal grant proposal and we're praying that through. So it's with great joy and thankfulness I'm able to announce this morning that we've agreed with our own Rebecca Rich and Jessica Gallagher to be working with us this summer. And so just the way things worked out with our grants and with some other work for them, they're going to be working between eight to nine weeks from the end of April to the end of June, and then they both have other employment for July and August, and then they're going to volunteer some in July and August as they set some of those things up, and they're primarily working with our fuel, so our middle school, high school, over those couple months planning the summer. They're going to be helping with our kids club team for May and June, and they're also, this is the biggie, they're planning and they're going to implement our K to grade 5 at our church weekend, those Saturday and Sunday mornings. They're developing a whole plan for our weekend there. And then we've got some other mid things for them and things with the building. Um, so we got lots for them to do. All right. I've been going through the Old Testament in my reading plan. So I'm in, where am I? I'm just finishing 2 Samuel right now, beginning in January and going through. So you read three or four chapters and really from Genesis all the way um, through, and I've been struck as I've done that over and over and over and over and over again. Like, I, there's too many times that as God works in Genesis and in Exodus, and he brings his people out of Egypt, and he says to Moses over and over again, and then he says it all the way through to Samuel and David and others, he says this over and over again, remember. Remember. Remember how I brought you out of Egypt. Remember how I provided for you in the wilderness. Remember how I defeated your enemies. Remember, remember, remember. Don't forget. Remember. Remember how I did this. Remember when I did that. Remember, remember, remember. Why does he say remember so many times? Because we forget. And part B is he's saying remember, remember, remember. Not because we do forget, absolutely. But guess what? Every time he's saying remember, it's because they're facing a new challenge where they're facing some giants and some other things that God's saying, remember, I provided for you before, and I'm going to provide for you now. So one way we build our faith and saying, we remember how God has provided so that as we face new things, we're like, okay, God's provided before. And as Jody said earlier, sometimes God provides in ways we weren't thinking about, but he provides. And so this morning, just briefly, I just want to go over, um, and so some of you, I want to go over a bit of a review of just in our church, and God's provided so many different ways, and Passionate just shared the most important way that God provides. He provides salvation through Jesus Christ. And that's what we speak on most weeks. I want to take a little different slant and just say how God's provided for us physically and financially over 26 years. And the verse I just want to jumps out at me all the time is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. And this is a good one to memorize because it's short, okay? This is a helpful one. You can memorize three verses in this one passage. How's that? Does that make you feel good? Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. So for Angela and I, that's kind of been our life verse as a married couple. It's it's on our wall. <laughs> I was looking at it this morning. <laughs> that we've kind of said, you know what, this is kind of what we come back to all the time, is that we're going to rejoice always, we're going to praise God, let everything that has breath, I'm going to praise him in the morning, I'm going to praise him in the evening, I'm going to praise him when I'm laughing, I'm going to praise him when I'm grieving, like every 
We're going to rejoice. We're going to praise God no matter what. We're going to pray continually. We're going to keep seeking God in flood times and dry times. And we're going to give thanks in all circumstances because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So this morning, I'm giving thanks. We're giving thanks for God's provision. And we're believing that as we face some new challenges and new opportunities, God's going to provide again. So here are a quick review, and for some this will be, you've heard it before, and some this will be new, and I hope it builds your faith of God's provision in leading us as a church. We started as a church back in 1996, and we met in homes and early days, and we were small, and we met at UMB, we met at South Devon Elementary, we met in hotels, we met in eight different venues in our first three years, and we were at one year at a place on McLeod Avenue, which was an interesting thing, which is a whole story unto itself, and we were on a week-to-week lease. How's that for being flexible? <laughs> a week-to-week lease. So basically, Fred Barristow, and I shout out to Fred, he was so kind to us. He, he provided a spot for us, and Fred was so kind and gentle, but he was also like, if I find someone better, you're out in a week. <laughs> Fred was a good businessman. We love him. So eventually that came, and we had to get up on a Sunday in June of, what was it? Goodness, I'm in a whole different millennium, everything. In 1999, we had to get up. Isn't that weird to say? We had to get up and say on one Sunday, we don't know where we're meeting next week. And it was hard back then. We had to phone people. Like, it was tough. It was no mass email or anything. It was tough. Okay. And on that Tuesday of that week, as we were seeking God, it was just a whole other circumstance of how it got there. We toured 487 Brunswick Street downtown. That was on a Tuesday. Thursday, we signed a lease, and that Sunday, we were renting at 487 Brunswick in June of 99. And over the next few weeks, we felt God open a door for us to buy that building. Now, folks, can I just say, in context of how big we were and where we were at in 1999, buying a building with a small group of people, and we really didn't know what we were doing, seems way more gigantic than what we're asking God to do to provide some resources for up here, okay, in perspective. And we had a couple months and to come up with, I think it was, I think we got it down to like, if you can imagine 487 runs a 182,500 was what we were selling, which is nothing. But when you have nothing, it seemed like a lot. <laughs> that seemed like millions of dollars to us. And we only had a couple months because they want to, to be sold by the end of September. We're already now into July. And so, and because we couldn't get a mortgage, because we were just a small group and nobody wanted to lend us any money, um, bless Hugh Hicks. I think Hugh is here this morning. Hugh, through his connections, thank you, Hugh, waving in the back row. Thank you, Hugh. Shout out to Hugh. Hugh secured for us a mortgage through somebody who had mercy on us. That's basically the short story. But we still needed a $50,000 down payment, and we had two months to come up to it. So, what we did, and I, it's not an official river stone, but it is, um, we took the story of Joshua, and when they crossed the Jordan, they put stones of remembrance to remember how God provided. And so, in September, we took up a gift day, and we had a bag of stones, and we are like, we're going to pull out a stone for every one that, rep- every stone's going to represent $1,000. Folks, let me tell you, I'm nervous, really nervous, because I didn't know we're getting one stone pulled out of that bag. Like, seriously, like, small group, 
Whew. And that Sunday, we pulled out 31 stones. $31,000 came in. Like, it was miraculous. I don't know where the money came from. We were so excited. And then when we finally wiped the smile off our face, we realized, oh, we still got $19,000 to go. <laughs> and all of us, we gave everything we had in the first offering. Like, we got nothing left. Like, we put our all in the first. So it was great. 31,000. We're like, we couldn't believe 31,000 came in. It was like incredible. And then we're like, we got four weeks for 19,000 to come in. Hmm. It was kind of like that. And so over the next couple of weeks, we had to do an environmental assessment because they thought oil tanks were buried there and all of these different things, which gave us another till the end of October. And, but it also cost us more money because we had to do that. So now we're up to 57,000. And so we took another one in a couple of weeks time and we got up to 46,000. We're just like, oh, praise God, we're almost there. But now we need 11,000 more. And so last Sunday of October, so we're to purchase it November 2nd. Last Sunday in October, we took up our third gift day, and we got $57,000 on Sunday. We put it in the bank Monday, and we bought the building on Tuesday. Oh, it, it still is right up there. It's probably the most amazing thing and a financial sort of thing. And over the next, that's, that's where we were as a home base for 20 years. And God provided things for the drop-in, and we met there on Sundays, and Alpha courses, and youth group, and all kinds of different things over the next 20 years. It was really encouraging. And then God provided, you know, donation of chairs that were there, which was like 10,000. Like, I can go on and on and on. So then I'm going to fast forward, because we're moving in 2008, we had to take a step of faith. And this was a difficult one because we had our own building and we were meeting there. And this is what we had to say to the church. You know what? God's provided this building, but it's too small. So guess what we have to do? We have to rent somewhere else on Sunday morning. And everyone's kind of like, oh. So this is what we have to do. We have to quadruple our welcome teams. We've got to quadruple all the work. We've got to do a moving team. It's going to be hard work. We've got to pay rent. It's going to be tough, but we need to. And thankfully, people rose to the challenge. And in 08, we said we're going to do, I think, a four- to six-week trial at UMB, at the university. And so people had to get up early. People had to do move team. People had to set up. It was, you're out of your comfort zone. You're at university. Like, people are walking by going, hey, what's going on here? And you're like, hey, we're a church. And da 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 And it was, like, awkward at times because people are sticking their head in and worship and tongues, interpretation, and okay. And then you had to explain that to people because it was a busy spot. And we did that four-week trial, and one of the things we'd said all the way along is that mortgage we'd gotten back at um, 1999, we said we would always love to pay that off before we started renting somewhere else. But we were close. So when we started renting into um, 2008, we had only $15,000 left in that mortgage, which, which was incredible. And the week we started renting at UMB, lo and behold, a church in Ontario, out of the blue, like out of, gave us a gift of $15,000. So we paid off the mortgage the same week we started renting. And then those of you around, at the end of those four weeks, we had a huge flood here in Fredericton, and it flooded the downtown, and we had five feet of water in our church uh, at 487 in the church basement, which then at that time, all of our electrical, our heating were all in the basement. They were all under five feet of dirty water. And so that put our building out of commission for six months. But thankfully, Thankfully, in God's providence, 
we'd, we were already starting, we'd already been renting at UMB, which kind of confirmed, I think we're supposed to keep renting at UMB. And God provided. We didn't even know the flood was coming. Like, we can't take any credit for that. That's God's provision. And over the next number of years, God blessed us at there. And out of that flood, another just a little side story, how God provided is we had a $25,000 deductible, our insurance, and like we had over $100,000 worth of damage. Like it was a big deal. And so, but we didn't have $25,000. So our deductible, even though we're glad we didn't have to pay the whole 120 or whatever, we didn't even have 25,000. So we applied for, through the government, there was assistance and I won't say my sarcastic remark. I was going to say, I'll be very, because we had insurance, we couldn't get help for that 25,000. And we were like, okay, that's all, that's, that's fine. So we were trying to come up with this $25,000. Four months later, we had a check from the government. You know this is a miracle, okay? We didn't even appeal it. They sent us a letter saying, we've reconsidered, I don't know how they reconsidered it, but praise God, they reconsidered us and they gave us $24,000. Someone else in Toronto who we didn't even know heard about the story and gave us the extra thousand. That's a good one. That's a, that's, a God, that's a God story. And then at that same time, in that, this was all happening at the same time. It was a crazy time. A piece of land came available up here on Cliff Street. And at the time, that was not very, it kind of, Cliff Street kind of ended at Willie, Willie O'Ree. Like it's, you know, it's all expanded now. And a church um, had bought that land years ago and the church had actually closed down, which is kind of a sad thing. So they had the land and because they were not-for-profit, they had to sell it and distribute. And so we became aware of this piece of land and honestly, we're in the midst of chaos. Like it was chaotic because our building was out of use. We're renovations and all of that. We're meeting at UMB, we're growing. And, but we felt prompted that we're supposed to go for this piece of land, which is just kind of like, and we really debated like, it doesn't even make sense, but yet we seemed like God was in it, and so we said, okay, we'll go for it. So we made a presentation. We had to go before this, uh, the trustees, sort of this church. We went in November of um, 2008, and we did a presentation, and the first hour and a half, we were drilled about our theology. It was all, we didn't even get to the land, and then we did our presentation. If we got this piece of land, what would we use it for? And you know what's really fascinating? I went back through that presentation, and so much of what we said we would do is the exact same things we've wanted since we've been here at 140 Clark. It's amazing. Like, it just took 10 years difference. So, we got to the end of that, and they said, okay, what's your bid for this piece of land? And we said, drum roll please. Trevor, drum roll please. Zero dollars. <laughs> we said, we have no money. We were just very honest with them. We have no money. We just, we're doing these renovations. Like, we didn't we have no money. We got this building. We can't even use it. We're renting on Sundays, and we felt God tell us to go for this piece of land, and we have zero dollars, and we have nothing to offer but just to say, please? <laughs> it's kind of how it was. And they were like, well, that's very interesting. You're our 15th person we've or group we've interviewed, and you're the first to not offer any money. And we're like, well, we are unique. And so we just thought, well, we're done. So we're like, well, I wonder what that was all about. But lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, they contacted us and said, you're still in the running. And we're like, and they're like, can you come up with any money? Like, get some financing in place. 
And we're like, okay. We tried. So we went back to Hugh. Hugh, pull all the strings you can get. Now, I don't know if you remember, but there was a big stock market crash in 07, and things went really bad, and no bank would lend to a church. Not, like, zero dollars. Like, like, not even... So we couldn't get any money. We tried. We honestly tried. We knocked on a lot of doors and everything. So we come into January 09, and Gary and I actually head to Toronto, which is interesting. We went to a conference. The first time we met Jeremy Simpkins, who's going to be speaking two weeks from today here, who Jeremy leads our Christ Central family of churches, and we went to meet Jeremy in Toronto. So we missed this meeting because this group called us in January and said, can you come this Saturday to a meeting, and we've made some final decisions. So Kevin, who was here at the time, and Hugh went on our behalf, and they had a very brief meeting, and this is what they said. So there was us in the Cross Point Church, just up the road, were the two there. They said, we had 15 offers, we had six that were from Christian churches, and we really want this land to be used for God's purposes. So, it's down to you two. Cross Point offered 450000 Little did they know, <laughs> you could have come in way lower. <laughs> we didn't say that, but that's kind of... They're not telling the story this morning. Christ Central came in with zero. And because we want it used for kingdom purposes, we're going to take the cross point bid, but actually we're going to take 100000 off. So they said to cross point, you offered 450 we're going to give it to you for 350 and they said to Christ Central, hey, we love your heart, we love what you're doing, and when the money comes in, we're going to give you $150,000. <laughs> Folks, I've said it before, you can't make this stuff up. And so a few months later, when it, we got a gift of $150,000, they said, we want to sow into what God wants to have you in the future, which went towards us getting here, which is very close to Cliff street and the things we want it to do. And then in 2010, Gary and I were having a coffee on our deck on Sewell Street um, with someone else, and in the midst of the conversation, this person just happened to say, I feel like I'm supposed to give you a, the church a gift, and we're like, okay. And so we got a check for $250,000. That was a good coffee time. That was a good one. So we're like, God, you've got something for us, because why are you giving us all of this? You know, something's coming. So we kept looking, and I've told you before, I felt like a real estate agent. I knew where all the properties were in the city of Fredericton. I knew what was happening in five years. And people come to me and say, hey, there's an empty lot. And I said, yeah, I know. This is, it's already sold. They're planning. They're waiting. I felt like I knew everything going on, because we were knocking on doors saying, God, 487 is too small. We're renting. And bless, again, Tim, Andy Lemon, Dave Laver, like Sam, all these guys in that moving team, like up every Sunday, 6.30 a.m., going to get the rental vehicle, going to 487, loading the trucks, setting everything up, tearing everything down, not getting home till 1, 1.30, every Sunday. So can you give all of them a hand? For 12 years. For 12 years. So, thank you. 2015, piece of property on Limerick Road in Southwood Park came available, and we only had three weeks to make a decision. Should we go for it? It was a sealed tender. The province owned it. They were selling it. And so it was a short time of going like, are we going for it or not? We felt to go for it. And we're like, sealed 
tender, like do you put in a low amount? Do you, put, do you go all in? We didn't know what to do. And so we as a leadership team, and we had about 350000 in the bank because um, we spent some of that money to come in on some renovations at 487. And we felt, you know what, let's go for it. And so we had in our heart about 300000 to put in for the bid. So for those of you who were here, we prayed that night. So this was on a Monday afternoon. We gathered at 487 on the Sunday night. You know what? We had one of the best prayer times. We didn't even hardly pray for the building or the land. We got praying for revival and for the city and for God to move. And this was like a secondary. And I, you know, oh yeah, we should probably pray for the meeting tomorrow. And afterwards, someone in our church, and this is where I love the body of Christ and the priesthood of all believers. And please know all of you have a can hear from God and we as leaders are responsible for making decisions, but most of it doesn't come from us. And someone in our church handed me a piece of paper as I'm going upstairs, because we were meeting as elders and directors to make a decision, because we had to write a check to put in for this proposal. And someone said, I felt these things during our prayer meeting tonight, very humbly, on a piece of paper, gave it to me, and they were off. And I'm, I'm walking up the stairs, going to our meeting, and this is what was on the piece of paper. I felt like God gave me a number tonight, and we also said at the meeting, we didn't mention that number, because we were like, we don't want to mention anything publicly, like, so you got to just trust us, so she didn't know the number, and it's a weird number, $307,000, yeah, sorry, 300, 307, thank you, so that kind of confirmed our 300, and we're like, let's, let's go for it, put the other seven in, that's a good, seven's a good God number, and then this was the other interesting thing. And I'm kind of paraphrasing, but basically this. I feel like we're going to come in second place in the bidding, but we're still going to get the land. That's a weird one, isn't it? Like, how do you come in second in a bidding? So that was Sunday night. So we're like, okay. So again, I think it was Ben who went on our represent. It was Ben, wasn't it? You went on our behalf to this. Yeah, and Kevin on this and... Uh, I know I had something else on, I couldn't go, but I was wait anxiously for a text, an update, and basically, paraphrasing again, the meeting went like this, it was for the province, there was other bids going on for other things, so we were kind of, had to wait an hour, and then it came, and for this Limerick land, they opened up the first one, I think it was 150,000 for this group, second one, 150,000, so everybody was kind of doing what we were thinking we should do, it's just kind of low ball and see what happens. Then it was our bid, and so they said our name, and they said the price, and we're like, ooh, at least we were above the 150s. And then they came to the last group, so there's four bids, and they said the name of the company. It's a big company in our city, a lot deep pockets, everything, we're kind of like, oh, man. And the lady's reading it, and then she looks at it, and, you know, does the whole, and then she's like, we can't receive this bid because of a technicality. And they're right there, and they're like, so what's wrong? We'll fix it right now. And she said, no, you've got to wait. We'll talk about it at the end. So then Ben and them had to wait the end, and then they had the awkward thing of, like, everyone else is leaving, and they're trying to look inconspicuous, but eavesdropping at the same time with this conversation with this group and the government. And they had filled out, so you had to do a 10% of what your bid was as a deposit. That was the check. They'd filled out the wrong amount on the check. And so they were disqualified technically, now, I can tell you, 99.9% .9 sure, their bid was higher than our bid. 
and we didn't know if the government, because the government also has this thing saying, you know, if none of the bids are satisfactory, they can just pull it off. So we thought, oh, you know what, they could just pull it off, put the bid out again later, and this company is going to be a lot more than what we offered. So we're just waiting, but it's like, oh, we're going to come in second place, but we're still going to get the land. Interesting. And sure enough, 24 hours later, got the phone call, government saying, hey, congratulations, you've purchased Limerick Road on that property, and we've accepted your bid. Amazing. Folks, can any of you make this stuff up? Like, honestly, if I said, hey, you've got to come up with some weird scenarios, can you make some of them? You can't. So we bought the land, and it gets even stranger. We got the land, and then we said, we felt we were supposed to buy it, but we really don't know if we're supposed to do anything with it. That's a bizarre thing to say. <laughs> but that's honestly, we felt we were supposed to buy it. It's like going for the Cliff Street land. We're not even sure if we can do anything with it, but we feel like we're supposed to buy it. And we bought this land and we got it, and we're like, but we're not even sure if we're supposed to do anything with it. And we, over the next couple of years, like we prayed and we went there and everything, but just nothing seemed to work out. And then, lo and behold, um, in 2018, in the matter of one week, um, we had a business come and meet with us and say, hey, we're interested in your building, 487. In 20 years, we never had anybody say they were interested in our building. <laughs> so that was interesting and said, hey, we're interested. And if you ever think to sell it, can you know, talk to us first and everything. The same week, we had Marie call from here saying, hey, we're going to be closing down Top Mart. Are you interested in this building right here at 140 Clark? And we said, yes, we are. That was in the same, about a week apart. So that's interesting timing. And we began the process of going for this building. And as many of you know, what we thought would take a couple of months took a whole year. And we had many obstacles here with zoning issues in the city and parking issues and variances and all those different things. Um, that took a long time. Remember how we prayed and we had obstacles and we had... We didn't know financially how it was all going to work out. And on December 30th, 2019, we were able to purchase this building and selling Limerick in 487 was enough money to pay for this that we didn't have to take out a mortgage. And we actually had a little bit of money left over. I think someone, you can clap on that one. Okay. There's lots more details. Those are just some of the highlights on some of the bigger things over the course of our history. And this is just what I want to finish up with. And so we're rejoicing, we're praying, we're giving thanks, and we just want to give God the glory of God's provision and God's faithfulness, absolutely. But here's how I just want to end. You can go to the next slide. And this is what I just want to say. The stories I've just told, those are the surprises. And they're fun surprises. But what I'm not telling is, it's stressful before the surprise comes. I thought about it. You liked my S's, didn't you? God's provision. I should have started with the, it's stressful. You know what? It's easy to tell these stories. In hindsight, that's exactly it. Folks, it's stressful. You get up on Sunday and say, we don't know where we're meeting next week. And we don't have a clue. It's just like we're going to build a build, we're going to buy a building, and we have no money. It's stressful. Oh, we got canceled at UMB. We have to go to FHS next week. 
How's the child protection policy going to work? How are we going to do this? How are we going to inform people? The worship team's got to set up. AV's got to find a new way to do things. It's stressful. It's inconvenient. It's hard. It's hard coming to prayer meetings and just saying, God, I think you have something for us, but we're not really sure. It's hard. And God's provided in a lot of surprising ways, and those are the great stories of that one. Sorry. And it's great telling the story afterwards. But honestly, the next one, in 26 years, this is how God's mainly provided for us. It's through us and you in your good stewardship. It's not as exciting to say, week in, week out, for the last 26 years, people have faithfully given every week, every month, every year. And honestly, folks, that's primarily how God provides so the surprises are exciting, but how many did I just do? Five or six out of 26 years? The main in the plane is, and we'll use the Don Smith quote. So Don, who was here for many years, and I know some of you haven't met him. Don's now in his 80s. He always told me, Joe, you're not old enough to say God's been faithful because you haven't seen enough. I've turned 50. I'm starting to now say I'm, I'm old enough to say God's faithful. And Don would always start, and all he's been in his church, start with gift day to say, huh, we've got it, we've got the money. And everyone's like, oh, we've got it. It's in your pockets. <laughs> that was my Don, Stif Don Smith interpretation, you know, imitation, yeah, in case you wondered what was going on there. Mm-hmm. Classic Don Smith. We've got the money. It's in your pockets. You know what? He's kind of right. And being a steward is this. It's a change of mindset. And we, this is a brief teaching. But to change the mindset to say, when we become Christ's followers and followers of Jesus, guess what? All of our lives belong to him. And this is what changes. Because I could say to you, hey, Give 10% to the church. It's not that. Everything belongs to Jesus. Everything. Our time, our gifts, our talents, and our finances, our home. Everything. So, it's not just, I'm going to give 10% and I get to keep 90%. That's not it. It all belongs to him. And we're good stewards. And there's some basic principles in God's word of we give. We give to our local church first, and then we give beyond. And that's what Angela and I do. We give to the local church, and then we give to other Christian groups and different things. We give generously, you know, clothes, food to other people, those sorts of things. But the main and the plain is God provides day in, day out, primarily through our stewardship. And that, I just come up with an S. It's just steady giving. Folks, it's not much you can talk about. Like, the surprises are exciting to talk about. Being good stewards and being steady week in, week out, it's hard. It takes some sacrifice. And I just say, if you're not giving at all, just start. And this is where, if Mark was saying, Mark was speaking, so I'm... My personality is I'm like, just start, just give a little. Mark would be like, what do you mean just give a little? Start! God says be generous. Start with a big amount. 
No, and that's why we need both of us, Mark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Start. Because here's what I don't want you to miss out. And this is what I'm going to close on. I've made a list. Don't miss out on this. Folks, it's an opportunity to trust God. When we give, we're trusting God. We're saying, God, you're my provider. And we're not in the health, wealth, blessing that if you give, God's going to bless you with all kinds of different things. We're blessed spiritually in Christ. That's our biggest blessing. I also believe he provides for us. But we don't want to be presumptuous. God, I'll give to you because I know you're going to give back to me. God, I'm going to give to you because everything belongs to you, and you have blessed me richly in Christ Jesus. Even if I don't have much physically on this earth, you have, I am blessed. But a lot of times, God does still provide. It's an opportunity to grow in generosity. God wants us to be generous people with not just our finances, but with every, with our homes, hospitality, food, everything. Don't miss out that when you give, you're saying no to our flesh, the world, and the devil. <laughs> so every time we give, you know what we're saying? Greed? I'm stepping on you. Because it's hard to be greedy when you're being generous. And our flesh doesn't want to do it. We want to protect and be self-sufficient and self-preservation. The world you got to have this, and you got to have that. And the devil, whew. So every time we give, guess what we're doing? We're saying, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. I'm putting Jesus first. It's actually demonstrating what's going on in here, and we're stepping on greed, and we're killing it. Don't miss out on being surprised by God. Folks, we only can get those stories by just being obedient to God. And we can miss out in the joy of obeying and seeing God's. So I bless those who have been here and have been part of that journey. That, this is our story. And we've got more stories to come. And folks, we're being more like Jesus. What have we been saying this whole formation? We're being formed, shaped into the image of Christ for the sake of others. Getting that 487 Brunswick Street wasn't just for us to have like a home it became a drop-in center for those who didn't have anywhere to go. It became a refuge for people coming to Alpha, people coming to youth group, kids club, different things. Folks, 140 Clark Street, it, in a sense, it doesn't belong to us. It's God's. So if God wants to put 12 neighbors in here, hallelujah. It's his building. And we want to be a blessing to our community, our city. And folks, we're believing. We had a little taste of it at the end of January. We hosted some people from Newfoundland, Charlottetown, Nova Scotia. We want to be a blessing to Atlantic Canada. We want to be a blessing to Canada and humbly to the world that God can use this building for his glory and for his purposes. And I don't want you to miss out on the joy of being part of that. So in closing, we want to simply rejoice. We keep praising God. We want to pray continually. Folks, trust me, we're back a little bit in the stressful end of things. Our weekly giving's gone down. We're going for a bigger renovation. It was easy to say, yeah, we can do this renovation, 60000 for the HVAC when we've got 270000 in the bank. It's easy to say, yeah, we can do that. 
It's a little bit harder when you're like, oh man, the whole thing's gonna cost us 500,000 or more. That's kind of double what we have in the bank. God, how are we gonna find that money? I'm back to the stressful one a bit. But God, I'm gonna pray continually, I'm gonna rejoice, and God, I'm gonna give thanks. So this morning, folks, this was giving thanks in every circumstance. We're thankful to God for his provision. We are. He gets the glory. It's his provision. And we're thanking God already for how he's going to provide over these next few weeks and months and years for all that God wants to do. So can I pray into that? The worship team can come. Why don't you stand if you're able? And you can join with me. Let's first, let's just give thanks to God. God, we want to thank you. You're a great provider. God, you're so faithful. God, you provide in so many different ways. God, you know our needs. God, you've been faithful to hear us, Lord. You've surprised us over and over and over again with your provision. And God, we are thankful. We give you the glory. Great things you have done. God, we thank you, Lord, for your provision through the stewardship of your local church, your family. God, I thank you, Lord, for those who have given year after year after year, have sown into your work. God, they're giving to you. And God, I thank you, Lord, rich is their reward in heaven for sowing into eternal things. And God, I just pray now, Lord, for all of us, Lord, you know our hearts, you know our circumstances, Lord. God, we want to be a generous people. And so, God, I just pray, Spirit of God, would you just help us, Lord, to put you first, and Lord, may that affect our finances. Lord, would you see us as good stewards of all that you've given to us. Lord, whether we have a little or a lot, God, our heart is to be generous. So God, we ask, Lord, Spirit of God, would you continue to stir our hearts to be generous? Lord, we ask for your provision, Lord, for these upcoming gift days, for this renovation, Lord. God, would you surprise us again? God, with testimony and stories of your faithfulness, but God, would you help us to be good stewards of the money that you've given to us and entrust it to us. God, help us in these things, Lord. God, we don't want to miss out, God, an opportunity to trust you, Lord, to say no to our flesh, the world, the devil, but to say yes to eternal things, Lord. May we be a blessing to this community, to our city, the province, Atlantic Canada, Canada, and the nations, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.